In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure. Cancer does not stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society will host a trailblazing event, Big Virtual Climb, sponsored by AbbVie, to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside, outside, on stairs, on the road, on a treadmill. Do it your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash bigclimb. Hey folks, welcome in to Onto Waveland. It's the Chicago Cubs podcast here at The Athletic. I am Brett Taylor, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. And I will offer today that uh, we're not going to talk about any uh, baseball fighting. Is that cool? We're, gonna, we're just going to skip it. We're going to act like everything's copacetic. Like, I mean, there was a new offer on Monday from the owners that was met with typically... Um, tepid response publicly from the players because it appeared to be uh, not not a particularly aggressive offer in terms of moving the ball forward. So we'll leave that for now. It's likely that by the next time we hit you folks up later this week, there, there will be a response from the players. And um, it's possible all of this is just theater moving toward a unilaterally dictated 48-game season uh, at some point about which I am uh, – I have some feelings. And I'd rather just keep this – today's podcast on the one really cool baseball thing that is happening this week although it's well I say really cool it's it's modified but it's cool because it's baseball it's the draft we actually have a new actually happening baseball thing this week it kicks off Wednesday with the first round uh then we've got the rest of the draft thereafter which is uh very short this year just five rounds and uh the Cubs for their part pick 16th in the first round, which is um, the highest that they've picked in five years. So it's going to it, it was going to be interesting regardless for Cubs fans to follow. But uh, given that high pick, especially in a draft with the kind of mid first round depth that, uh, you know, most outside prognosticators think is going to leave teams like the Cubs able to have a, a, a pretty strong pick option available to them that you might not otherwise typically see in the middle of the first round. And of course the Cubs have new leadership running the draft this year. And Sahadev just wrote about that earlier this week. I figure maybe I'll punt it over to you to uh, kind of share what you wrote up, what you found, what you're anticipating, all that good stuff. And, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. I, I spent a quite a bit of time talking to Dan Kantrovitz about how, how things are going, how, how you prepare for such an and, oddly sorry, structured and he, draft. He is, uh, you gotta, you gotta fill yeah, the, you gotta, the new just in case, VP folks. of the new VP of scouting for the Cubs, which is essentially, you know, he was assistant GM with Oakland and they just gave him a VP fancy title. He's that he's the new amateur scouting director, essentially with a very fancy title. So, so it could be a promotion from assistant GM, the way these things work in baseball. But, uh, he was very interested in getting back to running drafts. I think it's one of his, 
uh, passions in baseball and he's done other things and he's experienced other aspects of a front office but I think that's his his uh, favorite thing to do and he's good at it he's he has a great history I believe uh, he's he's been a part of some really impactful drafts especially when he's with the Cardinals uh, where St. Louis you know just cranks out pitching like no other uh and, and I, you know, I don't know if, if we should expect any particular type of player to be drafted, whether it's a pitcher, a position player, high upside, uh, high ceiling, whatever it is. Uh, but what I what I was fascinated by is how he felt that not only did they do a really strong job of uh, communicating with potential draftees and uh, and really breaking down how they can use their player development system and, and how they will use R&D to help them and, and really did a great job interviewing these guys. But but they also believe that they've found ways that they're going to incorporate things that they've done over the past few months that they're going to incorporate going forward. They, they really broke down uh, these pitchers or these hitters with uh, while interviewing the players they had uh, if it was a pitcher that have Craig Breslow there on the zoom call or maybe it was Microsoft Teams whatever the software was that they're using uh, and and he and and they'd go over with the thought process of of what okay what were you doing in this at bat what what was your thought process what pitches were did you want to throw what why did you want to do this uh, how did you go about executing your plan uh, and then, and then they talk about they talk about strategy. They talk about uh, mechanics. And then they they even <laughs> what's crazy is they've developed the player development has developed this app uh, that they're using for their minor leaguers right now. That they you know can keep track of their workouts, uh, keep ta- track of their progress. They'll have video data, video that they can share with them. They can have actual data that they can share with them. And they can be things can be shared back and forth. They they allowed some of these players to some of these prospects to have access to that app to really see here's what you'll be going through, here's what you'll experience when you're with the Cubs. These are just some of the things that we can provide for you. This is how we can help uh, you develop. Uh, I had a, I talked to an agent recently who had uh, whose multiple clients would were interviewing uh, went through this process with the Cubs and many other teams. They had. Those players shared with the agent that hey, uh, a lot of a lot of these teams, I don't know what is going on. I really struggled to communicate with them. It was just not a clean process. But uh, more often than not, these guys kept coming back and saying the Cubs are two or three, one of the two or three best teams when it comes to really doing this well. These interview processes are smooth. I'm impressed with the operation that they're running. Uh, I think that's that speaks volumes because these are all new people uh, that don't really haven't worked together that long and that they're able to what what did Theo kind of hammer home about making all these changes he wants more collaboration across departments that they were able to do this so seamlessly uh, during uh, times of tumult like this I think that's uh, pretty impressive and and you know it's we need to see on-field results. Nothing matters without that, of course. Uh, but this first step, if we're getting a first glance at how player development and amateur scouting is going to be run right now, I, I'd say they've passed it, at least from the perspective of inside baseball, what people are saying. It, it's been a, it's been an impressive uh, few months here. Part of me just wonders if they're taking a – a different path to finding a player we've never heard of before and a pitcher who will never make it to Wrigley Field. But I will 
set that cynicism aside and, <laughs> and give them credit for adapting because we've always heard these origin stories about you know Kyle Schwarber showing up in Mesa and pounding the table and telling his future bosses you know it really f-ing pisses me off when people say I can't catch and then you know two years later he's uh, this World Series legend uh, you know making this dramatic comeback uh, on one leg and how you know Chris Bryant the year prior, uh, had kind of blown them away during a meeting uh, in California in a hotel lobby, and they kind of came away convinced, like, this is the type of guy who could handle the hype that comes with being not only the number two overall pick, but you know Theo's pick at the time of the Cubs doing this kind of enormous teardown uh, and rebuild. And I, I do think that's something, even though we haven't seen all of the results yet, um, before the 2018 and 2019 drafts, the Cubs had kind of uh, quietly invited these groups of elite high school players and their parents to give them these information sessions, kind of Q&As, behind-the-scenes tours. Uh, they got some you know, data on them. They allowed them to pitch. They put their whatever names and faces up on the Wrigley Field board. In essence, kind of their response to the college recruiting weekends and you know out of that you see uh, I believe Brendan Davis was there who's now arguably their number one uh, prospect and even just having that Under Armour All-American game at Wrigley you know they viewed as kind of a unique slight uh, advantage you know an opportunity to observe some of the best amateur players uh, in the world in a way that 29 other teams couldn't. So I think it's, um, you know, probably not all that surprising. The Cubs have been able to evolve, and I think it will be fascinating to watch uh, Dan Kantrovich's, uh first draft unfold here uh, with the Cubs. Let me pause real quick here for a moment, guys. I got to tell you something that you might not know. It's very hot out right now. Uh, very hot and humid, sticky. I was just outside with uh, my son for a bit, and it felt, you know, being outside for five minutes felt like I was out for 20, and that means that I need to get hydrated, okay? Now, I got something to tell you about. It is Hydrant. It is uh, a sponsor here, and so I'm literally drinking some Hydrant right now. I mean, I'm not even... This isn't even part of the ad read. I'm I'm literally drinking some right now that that I mixed up while... While Patrick was going on about whatever, I was like, I'm going to have some hydrant. <laughs> uh, listen, <laughs> hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets that you mix directly into your water make, uh, to make, your, make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Like I said, it's so easy. I just did it while Patrick was talking. I'm recording a podcast and I'm, I'm making up some hydrant. Uh, each hydration mix has uh, four essential electrolytes your body needs, sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc to help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And hydrant is backed by research. The formula, that means you know it's serious, it's got a formula, was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic, uh, no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Uh, it starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. Hey, shouts! Uh, to, thanks to the Hydrants folks for sending me some so that I could give it a try right now. You can get your own, uh, and you can get 25% off your first order. Go to drinkhydrant.com slash cubs. And you can uh, get that discount. Again, that's drinkhydrant, H-Y-D-R-A-N-T, drinkhydrant.com slash Cubs. 
boom, 25% off your first order. And you can be cool like me drinking hydrant and doing a podcast, but maybe minus the podcast part, but cooler because I'm not very cool. So listen, uh, I did want to comment to continue with the draft talk here because what I have found interesting both in uh, a lot of what Patrick was alluding to and a lot of what you wrote, Sahadev, is this idea that because the Cubs invested so heavily in their development infrastructure, um, we focused understandably on how that player development infrastructure will impact um, guys already in the system. And sort of, you know, we were kind of taking a 10,000 foot view often of like, oh, this is an area where the Cubs have maybe gotten their lunch eaten a little bit by some other um, really strong organizations. And it has been a need for several years. But when you look at the draft in general, and then especially a draft where you're going to have only five rounds and then you are going to try to unearth some diamonds in the rough that can sign for a maximum of $20,000 if they're undrafted. Really, you're going to have to sell really aggressively to get some guys into your organization by convincing them that we are the organization that can get you to your full potential to make significantly more coin than you're going to get as a signing bonus. And moreover, as an organization, it becomes not so much about just selecting the most talented players or even the the players that you project to be best able to translate that talent into future production. It's, it's also about finding the guys that you and your development infrastructure particularly believe you can unearth specific things about players to make them more than they could be in other organizations. And, you know, it really wasn't... It's not like any of that should be a surprise to anyone, but it wasn't until reading your article, Sahadev, that I thought about how much of a lever that could be to pull on this year in particular, if you can truly get that idea across that like, hey, it's an uncertain time. It's going to be an uncertain time heading into next year's draft too. Um, if you want to get into pro ball now, here's what we've put in place to work with you specifically in the following ways, just so that you can be in a position that, you know, maybe it's a fourth rounder, fifth rounder, or a guy who goes undrafted, there's going to be a lot of talented, useful professional players that don't get drafted. And so I, I, you know, I dig the idea that the Cubs are going to be perhaps in a better position than most to um, try to help bring some of those prospects along. I think a a lot of that stuff, a lot of this player development stuff that we talk about, uh, most teams have similar technology, if not the same. It's about finding the little edges on how to use that, properly use that technology. And not only that, but being able to communicate clearly uh, within the organization and to, uh, to the players. And just being able to do that via zoom chats uh with the with these potential prospects it shows me that okay they they they're they're figuring out the communication aspect there's no doubt that they have the right people in place whether it pays off or is yet to be seen but they 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 seem to have these the right people in place now to really get these messages across to really communicate clearly and to really impress the uh, generation of players that now expect you to have these types of uh, things in place. If you don't have it, if you're behind, the younger generation of players are going to look at you kind of side-eyed. I I know talking to players in the Cubs clubhouse in recent years, 
that have come from other organizations they they were frustrated when their organization didn't have stuff that they heard that other organizations had that they talked to their buddies across the league and like oh yeah i got this that they're doing this with me and and when they're not getting that at their with their organization that's an issue that 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 becomes a major problem of course like we said you know the cubs were behind in this manner for a few years now and and they've they've caught up quickly and, and now they need to show the results on the field and, and you're right with with so few rounds it is it, it becomes a, a recruiting pitch uh, for so many of these guys and uh but i i do wonder it's it's going to be really interesting with where the cubs pick it's a prime area where some high schooler that isn't that probably would have gone top 10 had the season happened is going to fall out of that top 10 and and the Cubs are going to have a chance to pick a special player. I really believe that there's going to be a player available, whether they hit hit on it or not. There's going to be a player available that by this time next year, if we have minor league baseball and, and everything is, you know, some some sort of normalcy, uh, we'll be talking about, you know, someone in the 16 range was a massive steal, kind of like uh, they're, they're the two guys that the Cardinals have now with uh, Nolan Gorman and I believe it's uh, Matthew Libatori, the, they, who they acquired from the Rays, I believe. Those two were picked in that, uh, you know, 15, 16, 15 and 20 range. Uh, was it last year? Or now I'm, I'm blanking on what year it was. Maybe it was two years ago. But that those are two guys that have just shot up the rankings and are considered, a, you know, top 50, top 25 prospects right now. The Cubs have a chance of getting someone like that. They need to hit on one of these whether it's a high school pitcher or college bat whatever it may be they, they need to hit but there's a chance to get some real impact uh with this first pick it's crazy to look back the cardinals are viewed as this you know model organization and obviously this is the point where uh theo's head explodes over them getting like those compensation picks but i was totally time... gonna say it it's fine <laughs> But the last time the Cardinals had a single-digit first-round pick was 1998 when they selected J.D. Drew, which is kind of crazy to think all the players they have produced, and Kantrovitz certainly um, had some influence over that when you look at this long run of kind of the Cardinals' way here. And, you know, he found guys um, kind of who were under the radar, who weren't – necessarily obvious slam dunk picks and I think obviously you're going to have to you kind of pull that off here if you've only got you know five rounds and kind of speaking to what you know Brett had mentioned of there's going to be a lot of guys out there you know who are going to be pretty disappointed these next couple days looking around their house and their you know draft parties being like well what do I do now and I think um, whether it was Someone like Rowan Wick, who I think was like a catcher that Kandrovitz had, had drafted uh, a long time ago and became a, a pretty nice reliever for the Cubs last year or um, really kind of anywhere. I think this will be the time for them to continue thinking outside the box and selling uh, kind of what the Cubs have with fingers crossed that the Cubs can still kind of maintain all of these uh bells and whistles and these first class um, experiences uh, once they get a full accounting of what the damage of this pandemic has done to the franchise's business model. 
Yeah, and the damage that it's going to do invariably in disproportionate levels to organizations, um, you know, uh, prospect infrastructure. I think that it's we're looking at a year when not only are teams uh, going to be very limited in the draft, um, they've been limited in the preparations for the draft. Uh, they have been limited in the ways that they can coordinate their efforts internally for the draft, though it sounds like the Cubs have done a very good job of that. Uh, but they're also going to be really limited in internal development in their organization this year. I mean, we've heard about the possibilities for like an expanded fall league this year or expanded instructional ball, something. But it's not going to be a normal year in terms of development for players. So it kind of feels like... It, doing well in this draft is going to be all the more critical to try to help patch over this period where you may see um, some organizations really have a, a flatline year for development and adding talent. So um, yeah, boy, it's hard. It's, it's, it's weird because it's not a normal year. There isn't baseball going on. Um, it, you're just sort of thinking about the draft in a very different way right now, but it's, definitely no less critical. I mean, doesn't Kantrovitz say that the single most important day, uh, well, or three days, as it were, for the organization the entire year is the draft? I mean, I imagine that's something that organizationally Theo and Jed and Jason and the others would echo. Um, so even if it's only five picks, um, I really think that that's probably going to remain true, particularly for an organization like the Cubs, where you know, like Patrick says, who knows what the business model is going to look like for the next three, four, five years. And we know what's happening with the big league roster during that time. I mean, it's all the more critical that this organization, if it wants to um, compete every year and not have this idea of windows, they've really got to kill this draft and they've got to kill player development this year. And so uh, I'm excited and nervous for this week. And of course, baseball is such that we'll only know so much this week um but it's it's a step it's a really big moment any last little bits about the draft you guys want to add before because we won't we won't be doing this thing until uh, uh it's at least partially completed or all the way completed i think we covered it all hopefully okay. <laughs> we're just kind of making stuff up anyways we have no yeah. idea who any of these players are so it is ba you know baseball draft <laughs> is sort of funny that that's Ed why Howard like i be a cool pick you know <laughs> yeah i mean he's a local guy <laughs> that's like the extent of my knowledge too yeah i mean it, it isn't like and and i we never try to hide that ball right that like baseball draft is not like the other sports we don't have tons of background knowledge in these guys especially right now because they didn't even play this year but it is it just isn't like the other sports it's more about like you set it up generally, observe it specifically, and then let's see how this plays out. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks for chatting about it, gents. I am looking forward to a real actual baseball thing happening this week. Um, would have been nicer if it was paired with an announcement about the return of baseball under amicable and positive terms for everyone, but that is not the reality of our time. So we'll just have to wait on that part. And in the meantime, we'll enjoy the draft as best we can. So thank you folks for listening. I'm Brett Taylor. You can check out my stuff at bleachernation.com. That's Patrick Mooney inside of Sharma. You can of course get their fantastic stuff at The Athletic, uh, including again, draft piece from Sahadev, really worth checking out. Uh, we will be back at you guys later this week when the draft has run. Uh, and until then, hope you enjoy the week and we'll talk to you soon. Take care.